Real fast, I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, Upworthy Weekly. It's a lighthearted news podcast. It comes out on Saturdays, and I have forced my co-host, Todd Perry, to join me here to help me tell you about our new venture. Todd, why should they listen? Well, I mean, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's the Upworthy podcast. It's just going to be sunshine, and it's going to be unicorns. But you know what? It's really not that. Allison doesn't have the ability, she doesn't have it in her to actually be that person that I thought we were hiring when we did this show. But clearly, after just a couple episodes, the facade dropped, okay? I thought, you know, she's doing the Upworthy show, it's not going to be like, oh, neurotic, cynical, Allison, but no, she's there. So, you know, I try to counteract that with some of my good vibes. <laughs> um, and, uh, I would argue that if one person is coming off as a little bit cynical and unhinged right now, it's not me. It comes out every Saturday, wherever you get podcasts. Bye. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, we've had the good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way he gets a pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm going to bring my guest in in a moment. But first, I must catch up with my producer, the bad boy of podcasting, Tony Thaxon, who is on tour right now with his rock band, Motion City Soundtrack. And he's been gone and I haven't been able to catch up with him at the beginning of the show. So I've used this time to badmouth him and to explain that he's abandoned me and to just talk about my feelings about that. And then usually I just go on at length about how this is the part where I talk about him, but he's not here, blah, 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 blah. But he is here because he's the guest. And so I'm making him do double duty as both the guy I talked to at the beginning and the guest. Tony, you're here and I can't abuse you, but I probably will anyway. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I was just going to say, you uh, you talk much nicer about the, the, the whole situation when I'm actually here. So I was just going to say, you didn't call it my dumb band. You just called it my rock band. I know. And I have been, look, I've had like a bit of a dark night of the soul regarding that because it's all fun and games when I'm calling it Tony Thaxton's dumb rock band. But you're not the only guy in the band. You're one of a number of what you're, there's 45 of you in the band. Something like that. I've never actually counted. Um, I know you don't play ska, but there may, you may as well with how many of you there are. And I don't want them to think I think your rock band's dumb. You think they're listening? No, I don't. (laughs) You know who is listening? Hmm. Who? You're, wait, no, I know. I know. Tell me. Wait, hang on. You're, some your your sister's friend someone came up to you and they're someone they work with is listening oh oh no that was that was just a, a friend okay. uh but no uh i got another text message this morning from my mom <gasps> who I, I who i just happened to also see last night my parents came to our show last night mm-hmm. uh in silver spring maryland 
And uh, on their drive home today, uh, she texted me. Uh, and I, I made sure I, oh, I thought I had it ready. Hang on. Give me one second here. Uh, cause I, I was surprised they were her and my dad on the drive were listening to an episode, the, uh, a recent one that you're that not, not on. Even, yeah. And I was like, you're, that's one you're listening to. Oh my uh, God. I, I love this. Hello. Well, well. <laughs> Uh-oh. You might you might not when Uh-oh. we keep going here. Uh oh, because it just says listening to Allison's podcast with RJ City. She's sure giving you shit, ha! <laughs> <laughs> and and then I just responded, "Oh yeah, she likes to do that." And she said, "I see, that's good for you." And then a second later, she responded with, "Your dumb band. She better be careful." <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's what my mom has to say about the show. Well. What's your mom's first name? Jan. Jan. It's all in good fun. Um, I assume she'll be listening to this one, right? So she'll have heard that I'm already feeling, you know, a little uncool about having called it dumb. Look, Tony, I'm I mean, not going to... Again, you say that while I'm here. We'll see, we'll see what happens on the next Thursday show or something. But I'm not going to claim that I know your mom as well as you do. <laughs> <laughs> um... So tell me, how do uh-huh. we interpret this? Is it all in good fun for your mom or is she getting defensive? I want to oh, stay. No, it, I, I want your mom to like my show. Uh, no, <laughs> she she real she knows that it's all in fun. And because uh, that's just, you know, she's married to my dad and has me as a son. So she knows that's that's kind of part of uh, that's kind of part of being in this family is giving people shit. And all okay. that, so, yeah. What do you think she meant by that's good? Uh, just like, I don't know. I think just like she knows, again, like the how how we are as a family and maybe just like, you know, we, we like to give each other a hard time. and uh, Right, know, like you've this... left like a really big butt print to fill. Not saying your butt's big, but like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Wait, what? You've left a big butt print to... F- well, because you sit down when you're producing. Mm-hmm. So you've left a large seat to... Again, this sounds like I'm talking about your size and I'm not. You've left... I'll just say shoes, even though no, you don't produce standing up. Like, you've left big shoes to fill. And I am noticing the lack of Tony, and that's why I can't stop talking about it. So that means that, like, you're <laughs> integral to the show. Well... That's very that's very kind, and I've gotten I've gotten a few messages from some listeners and stuff that said some nice things. So I, I appreciate that. Hmm. No, I, I miss being a part of it. I'm ha- I'm having a great time out here doing this. Uh, but yeah, I you know you know I enjoy it. Although you know, if when I get back in town, we're not back to in person, we're gonna have to have a serious talk. But you know, I know. Um, all right, it's probably time to bring in the guest. <laughs> Yeah, probably so. He's been sitting there long enough. He's been sitting there pretending he's not here yet. Yeah. Um, all right. He is a podcast producer. He is host of the very popular and very cool podcast, Bizarre Albums. He plays drums with Motion City Soundtrack and appears on a number of other albums. And he produces. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Please put your hands together for Tony Thaxton. <laughs> Hi. Hello. I imagine you heard what we just said about you. 
Yeah, I couldn't help. I, you know, I wasn't paying too close attention, but it was hard to not hear some of that. Yeah. Some of it was a little hurtful, but uh, I think it was all in fun. So. I think so. Yeah. So where are you? I am currently in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, hmm. home of birthplace of Joe Quazala, if I remember right. Oh, yeah. I believe that's what all the signs around town say. <laughs> that's right. He does a Pittsburgh accent as part of his yes. stand-up. Yes. yes. I yeah, we have a day off here today, and we're playing here tomorrow. And normally our days off are in kind of like a fun part of town and there's you know things to do places to go shopping bars restaurants movie theater let me tell you that is not the case today and it has been uh i think this hotel that we're staying at should be uh probably called hillbilly heaven uh because there is quite a scene here and uh a lot of a lot of people hanging at that pool haven't haven't I'm not going to go there myself, but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting scene here, and I'm I'm definitely the only person I've seen in a mask all day. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's that's becoming more and more normal, uh, but uh, I feel like this is the first place in a bit that I've been where I felt like I was kind of getting looks for wearing one, right? Um, yeah, my when we went to Disneyland, and I was one of the only people wearing a mask indoors. If anyone gave me any shit, I was going to say I have COVID. So you can keep <laughs> that in your back pocket if you need it. Oh yeah, I always I always think about like what I'll say when and if someone says something to me, but no one literally no one has ever said anything to me, but I always just feel like I get looks from certain people. Yeah. Did I tell you about this uh runs through my head all the time. So, did I tell you about the guy? So Daniel was jogging near where we live, mm-hmm. uh and he was not wearing a mask because it's outside and he was hot and he was jogging. And this old yeah. guy, the kind of guy who should be concerned about COVID. This was back a little, a little while ago, like huffs past him and goes, thanks for not wearing a face diaper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are cool. And I think Daniel wanted to yell back like, but I believe in face diapers. <laughs> it's just that I'm running. I don't know. For some reason that annoys me. So it, like we were both really irritated by that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, though. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so how long have you been gone now? <sighs> Good question. What is the, today's like the 22nd, 23rd? Yeah, 23rd. Something? I left town on the second, I believe. Okay. So, so three weeks. Ab- about three weeks. Yeah. yeah. It definitely feels longer than it that. Does. That first week especially felt really long. Like I couldn't believe I was only gone for a week. Mm-hmm. Just because that was uh we were just rehearsing for like the first three days, I think it was. And I don't know, there was just something about that, even though I was having a good time. It was uh I was like, oh, my God, I've only been gone for four days at yeah. a certain point. But, uh, yeah, we're. Kind of, I think it's. Uh, it's been really fun. Uh, like, the shows every night have been really, really fun. But it admittedly has taken me some time to kind of settle back into all of this. Like, the shows, that's totally fine. Like, that's where I'm comfortable. Uh, but the what I wasn't really expecting was the just kind of 
having to adjust to being around a bunch of people all of the time again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a little bit. Like, I, I'll ad- ad- admit I was having a little bit of a rough time for the first, like, week or something like that. But I think I've finally kind of settled in now. And I also was having a really hard time sleeping on the bus for a bit. And that's starting to get better, although it's kind of a little up and down still. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 been a bit of, a, of an adjustment. Yeah. When- when you talk about being around people all the time, are you talking about crowds or do you just mean like the like the crew and the band? Um a little of both, but honestly mostly the crew and the band. And I don't even mean and I don't mean that as an insult to anyone. It's just I've been very alone for yeah. a while and then suddenly, yeah, I think there's 10 of us on the bus. Um all plus dudes. A driver. Uh no, we have a lighting girl. Mm. Um uh so yeah, nine dudes and a girl and then plus the driver. Um and then you know, then when you're inside the venue or whatever, you have your dressing room, but then there's the people that work at the venue and stuff kind of going around and all that. And yeah, it was just uh yeah, I wasn't expecting I was excited to be around people and I wasn't expecting it to be such an adjustment mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Well, I remember you had um is this for public consumption? I don't know. You had a house guest and that took a little adjustment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah, that's even, even more so because I was, you know, at home. Right. So I just had gotten so used to just being at home. It's me and Bentley at home and, and that, and, uh, yeah, that was definitely, that was, that was probably even more jarring because, uh, uh, yeah, it was just that like such, such a familiar space, even though I'm familiar with, being on a tour bus and everything but it's like it's you know the buses are all a little bit different and stuff and we don't always have the same bus so you know it's always a little bit different each time whereas you know when you're at home it's always the same right until someone comes and stays with you for a month (laughs) (laughs) um so i know plenty of listeners have gone out and seen you on the tour i know that you received a bad boy of podcasting t-shirt which i think is amazing (laughs) yeah yeah, I, I, I feel bad. I can't. I, I, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I forget the name of that listener. Hope Halper. My head. There you go. I was yeah. just going to say I thought it was Hope something. Yep, Hope Halper. Uh, yeah, that was that was very nice. Um, yeah, and it really made me laugh. And she had um, Motion City Soundtrack is one of her favorite bands. And I guess she had rescheduled the seeing you guys like a bunch of times because of COVID. Um, yeah. So that I know that that was like really meaningful for her to be able to go to that show. Not it she was, didn't have COVID, but she was just worried about being in a crowd. Right. So. Right. No, and understand it's such a weird time because we're you know we've been really lucky. The crowds have been great, and there's been great turnouts every night. But also, I think there are still like, um, you know, some tickets that have been sold because these shows were supposed to happen in January right. originally. That some of these people like some nights there's been like. I think even like some nights, maybe even like a couple hundred that still that had tickets sold that didn't come. Um, and I know there's all kinds of factors there with either they just couldn't because of the rescheduled date or they just don't feel comfortable coming to shows right now, mm-hmm. which I totally get if that's the case. Um, but yeah, I think we've been very lucky because I've heard a lot of bands are actually kind of struggling a little bit right now. Mm. Um, so I think people, it's a mix of people being really excited and dying to get out and see music, 
but also a lot of people that are still uncomfortable with it. And I totally get both sides of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's been, it's been weird because, because of all the extra COVID precautions and stuff like that we're doing, like, like we're not having, we don't, unless it's somebody's wife or kid uh, in the band, like we're not having guests backstage or on the bus or anything. And, um, and we normally do like a, like meet and greet thing. Like there's like a special like VIP ticket that people can buy that will do a meet and greet thing. And we're still doing that, but it's like a much more, uh, not as close content. Cause mm-hmm. normally we do like pictures and sign things and stuff, but this is like, you can come to our sound check watch and we will like answer some questions and stuff, but we're not getting like close with the people and we're not going out and like talk, talking to people afterward or anything. So, um, so yeah, there's probably been more fans of, of this show that have come that I have no idea. Yeah. Um, are people bummed about that? I haven't heard anything about people being bummed. I think people get it, you know, um, like how could you not? Right. <laughs> like, cause I, I, it's, it's a weird thing to, uh, you know, it, it's, it's mostly been great and, and fun and, kind of normal feeling but there is still the you know that element of like people wearing masks backstage and 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 then not doing these up close things and uh just sometimes coming to a city and like oh i know like have have these friends in the city that normally you would invite and they'll come hang out backstage or whatever and there's none of that happening so it's a little it's a little weird in that in that regard but anytime i talk to anybody about it they're like oh yeah of course i totally get that right right um i'm gonna ask you a a drummer's drummer question i don't know if it's really that but um okay so i read there was a really nice article about you and your drumming in um on the joyce manor album in Mm -hmm. brooklyn vegan actually first i'm gonna take a detour i made a comment and I said, okay, let's not get carried away. Because it was just like, how many nice things do we have to say about Tony Thaxton? My God, people, have some self-respect. And then you wrote, huh? H-U-H under it, which is like, come on, Tony. I think you get where I'm coming from. We just took all the fun out of my trying to be mean. Yeah. And exactly. I was like, must... I explain. Did you just watch a TikTok for how to deal with someone who's being passive aggressive or something? This is a tactic. What's going on? You was it? You, uh, I I'm speechless. <laughs> explain your huh, please. Uh, well, part of it was me kind of just mess with you back, but also, I there was partial there was partially some realness to it because I was like because of uh what you said. It wasn't like specific necessarily. So I was like, kind of like, huh? Like, what are you referring to specifically? Uh, but also knew that you were just kind of fucking with me. So, okay. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a little of both. Um, well, I hope my explanation connects <laughs> the dots for you. It reminds me of when you posted a photo of me taking a photo of Jimmy Pardo and me. And you said behind the scenes photo. And then I said, you're fired. And then, oh, by the way, I told Pete he's fired too. So I've spread it around now. Uh-huh. Um, and 
what about Jeff? Don't leave him out. <laughs> I've never, I've never jokingly fired him. His time will come. Um, <laughs> but then I realized that's Donald Trump's catchphrase that I'm jokingly using. That's not fun. Well, it's one of your favorite guys. <laughs> I, I know, but I don't want to be so cookie cutter, you know? Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but when I wrote that and you're like, huh? Or what do you mean or something? And I was like, Boy, this guy needs a lot of hand holding. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I read it today, though. I read the nice words about your drumming, which were very, very nice. Um, they were very nice. So say it again. Oh, no, I just said, yes, they were very nice. I, I was kind of blown away at how nice it was. Yeah. And so I guess um, the band initially thought of Josh Fries. Yeah, which I did not know. And I was so that's even more that's even more reason I was very flattered by all this. Yeah. And they reached out to um, Brett of Epitaph, Epitaph Records and he said, I, re- I would actually recommend Tony Thaxton. He's yeah. busy doing Alison Rose's Your New Best Friend. Let's yeah, see how she feels about it. Yeah. yeah. And then they called me and I said, I don't think that's going to work. But then they uh, <laughs> stole you anyway. No. Um. So my and question for, any, for anybody listening, just I was going to say, like Josh Freeze is kind of like the guy in L.A., especially that like drummer that just kind of gets hired for like every gig. Like mm. anytime a band loses a drummer or the, or something happens or whatever, he's kind of like the go to guy. Well, that's so that's what I was going to ask you. Um, can you explain why, like the difference in style between Josh and you and why you think Brett thought you might fit more for this? You might be the guy for this. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I don't, I don't know that I can necessarily explain like stylistically or anything like that. Because, I, I mean, I will tell you immediately that he's a billion times better of a drummer than I am. Um, I'm not I so sure. Know. No, and well, that's not I, a knock on him. I, I, I do know that Brett is a fan and, and has always said really nice things about my drumming, you know, for 20 years now. And... um you know, I don't mean to sound cynical because Brett is awesome and he's always been good to us. Uh, but, you know, I I do think that probably some of that might have been like, well, Tony's Tony would be good and probably way cheaper than Josh. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being, you know, if I'm really being realistic, that's probably mm. what a lot of it was. Yeah. OK, well, be unrealistic then. <laughs> what could be a non-financial reason? <laughs> uh, or could there could there be a non-financial reason? I mean, sure, there could be. I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable answering that uh, for somebody else. Okay, uh, I don't. You don't know. have. You don't have to. I, I if, don't know. Like I, I, I think I'll. I'll say this. Here's my best guess. Josh Rees gets hired a lot by people. Like I said, sometimes like a drummer leaves or, or whatever, or it's or maybe just it's an uh, an artist that already exists that goes out on tour but doesn't have like an actual band. Like maybe they just had a bunch of studio musicians on their record, and then they need to hire a band for their tour, and like he gets a lot of those gigs also. So like I think a lot of times he comes into situations where like these songs are completely written and all the drum parts are written and stuff. 
I'm guessing here. This is totally a guess. Yes. Uh, whereas in this situation, like, these songs were, like, kind of written, but no one had played drums to them yet. And um, Brett likes the drum parts I write. Mm. I don't that know. That makes sense. Yeah. That's just, just a guess. In my brain, for some reason, I associate Josh. Now, I was saying freeze, but I'm hearing you say freeze, so I'm going to go the Tony way. I associate Josh Freeze, Brooks Wackerman, and Suicidal Tendencies. Is there a link? Is this a thing I need to Google? Uh, I don't know for sure. You, you're probably right. Um, I don't... What, what, uh, well, because Brooks Wackerman, he played in Bad Religion for a while. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, and Josh Freeze has played with everybody. But as far as now, I've already forgotten what band you said. Suicidal Tendencies. And also, do you remember a band? They were only around for a very short while, and they think they have some Orange County connections. They were called Extra Large with an X. No, I don't think so. Okay. It was, you know what? This We can look them up later. I feel at times like, I've heard them almost sort of like they were almost like a joke band, but I enjoyed some of their songs and I don't know if you're allowed to or not. Um, Like like what you like. I'm trying to be better about that. I also, you know, I also liked a few Ugly Kid Joe songs and I'm just going to own it. Oh, I had that CD back in the day. Okay. There's a great video of me and my sister lip syncing to I Hate Everything About You. Oh my God. (laughs) I would love to see that. (laughs) Um, and then so there's been a lot of chanting of Tony. Like, does this happen at every show? No, it's it's it, 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 no, not at all. It happened the very first night in Chicago, and that's it. That's okay. the only night it's happened. Yeah, people need to bring it back. Um, I have solicited some questions for you because people have a lot of questions. But first, let's just talk about the fact. And you and I talked about this before the show, but um. I have gotten into wrestling a tiny bit, Tony. It's weird. <laughs> and it's yeah, not I was I was I'll admit I was uh you know being the 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 guy that brought RJ and your uh admiration of wrestling to the show and then you book him on the show when I'm not around. I know. Well, look, we've stolen each other's friends. You <laughs> stole Marilyn Rice Cub from me. I mean, you didn't steal her, but I mean that all that was all an exaggeration just to get get a little rise out of you. Well, it worked. <laughs> it worked, okay. And so I have stolen RJ. Um no, it I mean I don't blame you. He's delightful. Every everyone has stolen. He stole I feel that he is friends with everyone we know. Yeah. And a lot of people we don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's a likable dude. He's the He's possibly the most charismatic person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of infuriating. Right? It's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. And yet he talks about like how he doesn't really like do a lot and just like How could he have time? I feel room. like most of his time is spent communicating with people online and befriending them. He is the king of a fast response on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> he really is now. And people can listen to this on last week's Monday show. And you would know this because you mixed this episode. 
Mm-hmm. He was saying that he does his best socializing when he's like in town on work because then when he's because he when he was in Vegas, you guys hung out because then he's like got something to focus on, right. i.e. work. And it like tamps down his social anxiety. And did you have the same reaction I do, which is like you have social anxiety? What? Because we just talked about him being like the king of like Elvis Presley level charisma. What's going on? Right. Yeah, a little bit. It, it's always surprising to hear those things. Um, but like, I get it though, kind of at the same time, because like, I'm not in any way comparing me to him, but like, I love performing, but also like, you put me not on a stage and like, I'm pretty quiet and shy around most people that I don't know. Um, and I've heard all kinds of stories about people that seem like they're just like such extroverts and stuff the craziest one i ever heard was um i was actually talking about this the other day i don't know if i've ever talked about this but uh a couple when was this it was before i worked for you back in like 2017 2018 something like that uh i was on the sitcom speechless that john ross bowie was on i didn't know this unless i did Uh, and have forgotten i mean I'm making it sound like more. I was basically a glorified extra. Like, and it was it happened because of John. They needed a drummer for an episode where it was going to be like him, uh, kind of playing with his old high school band uh-huh. again. That's cool. Um, and so like I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't speak or anything. Um, and I was just very quickly in the end of the episode. But the band was, which is funny that it was supposed to be old high school friends because we're all so different in age. Uh-huh. It was me, John and kyle gas from tenacious oh cool (laughs) and so that was like very exciting for me too because i love tenacious d and it blew my mind like because john and i were kind of nerding out with kyle talking about tenacious d Mm -hmm. and he told us that before every show they play jack black is a nervous wreck and like has huge stage fright Huh. And that's insane because he like, yeah, I, that, that, that might be the most charismatic dude ever. Right. <laughs> like once he's, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm sort of fascinated by that performer who turns it on, but like at a party, they're just sort of a shrinking wallflower, like that mm-hmm. sort of, uh, that binary thing. But then every now and again, I'll, I'll meet a performer who is so charismatic on and off. And then I'll think to it's usually an, uh, an actor and I'll think to myself, Oh, that must be how, ha- not that they're not talented, but like that must be how they book all these roles because they just are charming the pants off everyone. Like I remember, um, this is like a, uh, and again, I'm not, not, I'm not knocking any of these. I'm not even going to say a name, actually. I'm not knocking any of these people. But I remember I met someone who is a, is a, gets a lot of roles and is like a, out there and a famous person um, at, when I was doing the Adam Carolla show. And he was like mm-hmm. waiting his turn. And I was just, you know, a, a, I think I was even like auditioning for the news girl job at this point. I don't even think I'd had the job. And I was just waiting in the little kitcheny area and he like put out his hand looked me in the eye shook my hand introduced himself to me i remember his jeans were like his clothes were his shirt and his jeans were new and he was talking to me and apparently tom cruise does this too and it wasn't tom cruise um ken marino is also very personable 
and attractive. Uh, I've lost yeah. my th- I've lost the point on of that, what I was on saying. On the same note, I will add Paul Rudd to that. I got to meet him a few years ago I and bet. he was exactly what you think he would be yeah. on and off mic. Yeah. Now you know Paul Rust. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I found him to be very personable when he was in Mm -hmm. Uh, my house and very like infectiously personable and charismatic in a little more of a I didn't get the sense well he was homecoming king or prom king or something like that so he also has that quality yeah he does he's just he's a very nice dude and he's very funny and yeah it's a likable guy yeah what were we talking about, Tony? What What is going on here? <laughs> uh, yeah, how did we get here? I don't know. Uh, oh, I think it was about how we are stealing it. Oh, yeah, no, it's about my new passion for wrestling. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. It's, yeah, it's we got very strange. Sidetracked. It's about yeah. how I'm hosting the number one wrestling podcast in Burbank. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but I'm sort of fascinated by this whole world. It's fascinating. Uh, you and I were kind of talking about yeah. it before we started recording. Like, I didn't watch it for like almost 30 years i loved it as a kid and then just totally stopped watching it like when i was in high school and even during like there was the like late 90s kind of boom that happened when it got super popular again when hulk hogan became a bad guy and stone cold steve austin and the rock and all those guys got super popular like i was seeing a lot of it because my dad was watching it uh but i wasn't really watching it myself um but i would just see end up seeing quite a bit and yeah i i didn't watch it for so long and uh but yet even when i wasn't watching it i still found the real world side of it very fascinating like i would literally read books by old wrestlers and watch documentaries and stuff just because especially in those days like in the 80s especially there was still and i know rj talked about having some skepticism of like whether there was a time that people really thought it was real. Right. But a- absolutely they did. Mm. I remember this specifically. There was a specific episode of 2020 in like <laughs> 1984 or something like that where John Stossel got slapped by a wrestler. There was this whole thing with a lawsuit and all this. Like, oh, wow. Because they were trying to like, is this real? Is this what? And uh, yeah, there were all that was like a thing. And like wrestlers used to not be allowed to like if there were good guys and bad guy wrestlers if they ended up going to the same bar like the hotel bar or Mm -hmm. something after the show they weren't allowed to talk to each other right wasn't that a whole that that, that's my memory too a little bit was that like that's the whole thing is you could not get them to admit that it wasn't real in the Mm -hmm. same way that like magicians won't tell you how they do their tricks yeah like wrestlers would not admit it yeah, and and I think maybe to go with like RJ's point, like I think people probably deep down knew, but there was still that little bit of like, well, but it, is it? Doesn't now yeah. I'm about to say something that's going to insult so many people. Sorry, sorry, people, I'm about to insult. Doesn't that sort of though sound like how there are people out there who are like, how do religious people really believe it? <laughs> right. Deep down, they don't really believe it though. I don't, when our when. Yeah. I remember having that same thought in the interview with RJ as well. Like this feels akin to that thought too. Yeah. And, and, and it's that question of like, like, but 
but on what level are they not? Because I think that they're, yes, you can make that argument, but at a certain point, it's almost just a semantic argument because I think they would say they do believe. Yeah, and in in a way, I think it's almost even more interesting now because it's very open now that, you know, it's all predetermined and stuff. But like, but also like those guys like for real get hurt a lot from mm-hmm. from these things. But it's, you know, it's out in the open. They will acknowledge that, you know, it's predetermined. But they are really good at making it interesting a lot of the times where they will take things from real life, like with these wrestlers and kind of weave it into the storylines to where you're they just start blurring the lines of like, wait, what is real and what's not here? And it's... Yeah, so you know that it's part of the show, but they they work in all this real stuff though too, and you're just like, wait, what? Is this guy actually upset about this? Mm-hmm. Or, and yeah, and I don't know. I find it it it's such a fascinating thing to me, and I keep I keep saying to people that uh, kind of roll their eyes at me when I say <laughs> I've gotten back into it so much. Like, I'm just like, if, if you just kind of let go and go like, oh, this is just supposed to be like a ridiculous fun show. Like, I keep comparing it to medieval times. <laughs> like, so many people love going to medieval times. And it's the same thing. It's just like a ridiculous show that's predetermined. And the audience is a big part of it, of like how it, which direction it goes. And yeah, there's just like all these little elements to it that unless you really pay attention to it you have no idea like all these little factors that go into it that i think right. are really interesting hmm. well perhaps one day i will actually go see it live but <laughs> can't recommend it enough perhaps all right we have some <laughs> questions that listeners sent in on patreon oh <laughs> it's as if i just started doing this show i'm on patreon patreon.com slash allison rosen is where you go all sorts of fun stuff we've got behind the scenes content um we have episodes of uh, the friend zone that's my patreon bonus podcast i just did a very juicy episode with stephanie wilder taylor it was also extra long she's like wow you give them really long episodes and i'm like no this one uh i just couldn't stop talking to you this one is extra and it was a long. vje what'd you say it was a vje it was <laughs> it was by the way do you remember the episode where we were talking about TJBs, traditional jelly beans? <laughs> I mean, kind TJBs. of. I, I only remember that we were talking about TJ, TJBs and we were calling them that. Um, mm-hmm. I have one coming up with Greg Fitzsimmons. I mean, all sorts of stuff. And you can watch videos of the Thursday show. There's a little where you can text me and I'll text you back. If you sign up for, subscribe for a year, you get two months free. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay. When we ask, they send them in They're wondering how you have been So thanks so much for answering These questions from our fans Amy says, and I think a lot of people are wondering these kind of details, is he living on a tour bus? I'm so curious as to what that's like. I just want a deep dive explanation on bus living because it sounds like a nightmare. How much room is there really? How many people? Do people throw up? What's the bathroom? Is there a kitchen? Do they use it? What do you cook on a bus? You know. All right. Um, Yeah, I mean, I talked about a little bit of this already. Um, I believe, like I said, I think there's 10 of us and a driver. So yes, the five of us, our tour manager sound guy, 
guitar tech, drum tech, light girl, and merch. Yeah, so 10, 10 of us, and then our driver. And there's 12 bunks. Um, so everybody gets their own bunk, and then we have like two what we what are known as junk bunks that we can just kind of like throw our backpacks in or something. Uh, and then there's a front lounge, and there's a back lounge. The back lounge is the front lounge is much bigger than the back lounge. The back lounge usually doesn't get used all that much. It kind of ends up becoming like another storagey kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not you can hang out back there, but there doesn't tend to be a lot of hanging out back there. Um, and in the front lounge, yeah, there's some TVs. Uh, there's fridge, uh, multiple refrigerators and coolers. Um, like kind of like, uh, you know, multiple seats. There's even like a couple little desks kind of for lack of a better way to put that desks. Um, no, like, uh, kitchen would be a strong word. There's a sink and, <laughs> and refrigerators, but, uh, yeah, there's nothing to like cook things. Like if you wanted to, obviously if you wanted like a George Foreman grill or something like that, you could, but we don't have one of those. Um, Let's see. What am I leaving anything out? Bathroom. I mean, that's kind of, yeah, there's one bathroom, um, and it's very small. You can only pee in it. Uh, um, so let's yeah. say you need to uh, go number two. What do you do? Well, so for that, you just have to go somewhere else. The, hopefully, you're at the venue, and so you can just go inside the venue. Or uh, because cause what happens is normally we drive through the night. It depends how long the drive is. Like some nights uh, the bus call, like actually last night um, our bus call was like four, three or four in the morning, which meant that like everybody had to be back to the bus by three or four in the morning. And then the bus drove to Pittsburgh. And so you you just sleep during the drive, and you wake up and you're in the next city, um, which you know it's not the easiest sleeping in. But it takes some getting used to getting used to sleeping in it. I used to be too used to sleeping in it, and then I had trouble sleeping when I was at home. Um, but it's you know compared to the early days of being in a van and trailer and doing all the driving between the five of you in the band, like you know, it's a fucking huge luxury um yeah it's just it's nice to just wake up and be at the venue or in the in the city you're going to um you know and some some nights the drives are longer than others obviously some nights you might have a midnight bus call sometimes but bus call might not be till six in the morning um but yeah it's uh it's not perfect but it's it's uh you know head and shoulders above a van and trailer. But like what I'm hearing is the pi- the picture you're painting is, and I don't know if you're purposefully glossing over this and letting us draw our own conclusions or if you've already moved on and I'm just still stuck in shitland. But really what <laughs> I hear is think of the last time you woke up in the middle of the night to take a dump. It's been a long time probably that's not part of your life and that's when the majority of bus time is happening yeah i will say i personally have been very lucky that that has i shouldn't even say this out loud you're jinxing it (laughs) yeah 
So I'll just I'll stop that right there. But well, I is there say, ever a situation where someone on the bus is like, we got to pull over? Yes, that has definitely happened. I won't name names. Is there a code word? Um, no, I think it's just like a moment of panic and having to like say to the driver, hey, and there's been things of like <laughs> where just nothing could happen fast enough. And um, people have had to go in a trash bag. Out oh, of an no. emergency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I will t- I will tell you. And I'd be honest with you if it was if it was otherwise. I've never I've never been one of those people. Never had to do it. I've thrown up in that bathroom. Is that I'm not allowed? Supposed to. I'm not supposed to, but I did. Did they bust you? Uh sorta. <laughs> I think that's much less of a big deal though than taking a shit in there. And why is there this rule? Uh, I don't know exactly, but it has something to do with like the tank, and it's just gonna then just like sit on the bus. I think then and stink everything up. I right. think is really the reality of it. I'm just going. I'm scrolling <laughs> back in my head, and I'm thinking like. Because I'm imagining like a movie trailer would have the same rules, right? I th- I think you can go number two in those. I think I'm just thinking like have because I because those I are know stationary. I, never, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. They flush. Do yeah. tour buses flush? Yeah, if I, but it's, a, it's a pretty weak flush. And I'm just like, did I? Have I ever? I don't know. I don't have a memory of it, but I don't know. Boy, this is not something I want to have to worry about. Because here's <laughs> the thing, and this is maybe some information you don't want to know, Tony, but it's like when you're a gal and you're dealing with your period, there can be surprise bonus situations happening. Right. Yeah. You know, and you can think like, oh, this is strictly a number one situation. And then suddenly it's right. like, hello. Yeah. Didn't oh, know yeah, that was I- happening. I'm fully aware that most situations are uh, more difficult being a woman. <sighs> Thank you. Yes. I was I, looking I, for that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I understand. Obviously, I can't fully understand it because I haven't experienced it, yeah. but I, I get it. Thank you. You've been least. trained well. Parker Granis wants to know, at this point, you're an accomplished professional drummer, but do you still practice, work on certain improvements, rudiments much? Uh, rudiments much? No. Um, but I want to say yes, but reality is not that much. Like every now and then I might see or hear something that I'm like, Ooh, wait, what is happening there? Because I, I, this is going to sound more conceited than I mean for it too. But like most, like, especially just like rock bands or rock music, like, I can hear them and be like, and just, and know what's happening drum wise at least. Mm. But then there are certain guys that like, will do like really cool things and stuff. And every now and then more so in other genres of music, like I really like a lot of like funk drumming, honestly. Uh, and sometimes I'll hear certain things and, and I'll be like, Ooh, what, what is happening there? And I kind of want to try and figure it out. And, um, it's it's I think it's more frustrating as an adult, like because I think I would do that when I was younger and uh, would get there, and I think the patience to kind of stick with 
trying as an adult is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's this guy, Lewis Cole, that I really like. Who he's kind of a multi instrumentalist. Uh, he's and he's incredible, but is particularly a drummer. And um, he put out a video like last year or two years ago of all these like really cool drum beats. And then he would break them down and show you how to play them. And I was like, wow, these are really cool. And I haven't really like pushed myself in a long time. I'm going to try to learn these. And I could not get past step one in any of them. <laughs> like, like he's that good that I would just, just like, this makes me feel like I'm the worst drummer that's ever lived. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> West Anthony, as any Beatle fan knows, some Beatle detractors are total dicks. What is the worst take on the Beatles you have ever heard? Name names if you want. Hmm. I don't know if I have names, but uh, I I do remember, like, look, again, as I said to you earlier, like what you like. Uh, but I I remember kind of like, arguing a little bit with somebody once where they were like trying to claim like I I can understand I mean I part of me can't understand but a little bit of me can understand if you're like I don't like the Beatles like sure again like what you like but I think you can't I think it is undeniable what they did mm-hmm and I don't, and I don't even think just musically. I think like they literally changed the world. Like I think the world is different because of the Beatles. Um and I don't think you can argue that. And just like the things that they did in the amount of time that they did it is just mind-blowing. Um you know, I think there's even like, you know, and people that you wouldn't get like Kurt Cobain was a huge Beatles fan. And I remember him talking about that in an interview I'd saw where he was talking about like in a matter of four years, I think they went from, I want to hold your hand to Sergeant Pepper. And it's just like, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, like really they're, they were together for longer, but like they're like, you know, being like big in the public eye was like eight years it's crazy. And yeah, it's insane. They were putting out like three albums a year sometimes. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's unreal. And, and George Harrison has written, like George Harrison wrote, here comes the sun and something like these huge, amazing songs. And he's considered the third best songwriter in that yeah. band. <laughs> Complete side note, but on the topic of being prolific, I was reading Elliot, a bedtime story. And it's this, little it's this picture book called uh how does a dinosaur say happy birthday and it's like um this dinosaur who you know mis- completely misbehaves at a birthday and like you know steals presents and it kind of just teaches a kid like etiquette at a birthday party and it's funny and it's by this woman jane yolen and all of a sudden i was like jane yolen that name sounds really familiar i remember when i was in eighth grade and so we're going back now 75 years because that's mm-hmm. how old I am. Mm-hmm. There was this science fiction or fan, not science fiction, fantasy book that I read called like, and I, I'm, it was just like, I hadn't thought of it in, you know, again, 145 years called Dragon's Blood. This fantasy book, you wouldn't think that I read fantasy, but I did sometimes um, by Jane. I was like, could it be by Jane Yolen? Could it be the same person? 
I looked her up. It is the same person. She wrote 400 children's books. Okay. 400, Tony. That's a lot of books. And not, and by the way, Dragon's Blood was part of a trilogy or a pentagrilogy or I, that's not a thing. Like a five, a five sum of books. Wait, hang on. Pentagrilogy is not a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I know I sold it, but I don't think yeah. it's a real thing. Right. Um, plenty of these 400 books were novels. Mm-hmm. How do you even write that much? How? What is the, do you know what the like amount of time that I, it all happened? I in? don't know. I mean, it's impressive no matter what, but I was just curious. I don't know. I know. Cause then I was thinking, well, I mean, if it's almost, I actually don't know. Yeah. I think she was writing well into her eighties. So yeah, but again, um, even so, or maybe she's in her eighties now. Is that possible? I don't know. It just seems yeah. like a fucking lot of books. It's, it's over 400 more than I've written. <laughs> All right, let's see here. We have a few more questions. Um, Seth Eisenberg says, can you tell us about your worst and best concert as a performer? Also, can you please rage out with F-bombs on the show next time Allison hazes you? We need the bad boy to come out. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> uh, so best and worst shows, basically? As a performer, question? yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I have those answers immediately. Uh best was i actually was just talking about this the other night um so 2005 was a really big year for us um which actually was our record our second record commit this to memory is when that came out which is the record that we're celebrating on this tour um and that was kind of like it was a big thing for us because that that's our still our most successful record and and it was we did we didn't do all of the warp tour that year but we did most of it and it was really crazy to be a part of because it came out in early june and i don't think we were on the tour yet but like a few weeks after that the tour started and like we had our audience and stuff but it it became a thing where dirt while we were on the warp tour um fuse the old music channel yeah i don't even know if it's still around or not or if so i don't think that i'm sure they probably don't play music but they were very supportive of us and they used to play our one of our videos quite a bit well multiple of our videos but especially at this point one of them and uh between that and i think even like mtv2 maybe at that point something like that we had some support like in that world and where, like, with no exaggeration, I say that literally every single day, it was a noticeable difference. Like, the crowds were just getting mm-hmm. a little bit bigger every single day. And we played, uh, like, in the middle of that summer, there was a date in Chicago. And Chicago has always been really great for us. And, you know, at that point, it was really only, like, three years in for us. But... That was already our our best city. Like we always looked forward to Chicago. It was kind of the first city that like really accepted us, and so we were really excited to to do Chicago that year. And with Warp Tour, I don't know if I've ever talked about this before, but you literally don't know when you're playing until the morning of. Oh my god! Because they mix the schedule up every day. Oh my 
God. So you're lucky you don't point, have to put on a face full of makeup, Tony, because <laughs> that would be a nightmare. Yeah, because there's literally days where, oh, you find you wake up and you find that you're going on last. And then there's days where your tour manager wakes you up because you're going on stage in an hour. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So we were excited about Chicago. And then the schedule comes up and we see that we are dead last that mm. day, which is not a good spot. Mm-mm. Like uh, no, everyone's going home. Yes, cause, and I and when I say dead last, I don't even mean like on our stage. I mean for the entire festival. Yeah, and we were we were on the stage like the next stage below the two main stages, so we weren't to the main stage yet, and uh, so we were bummed. Like we saw that's when we were playing, and like, this sucks. And and then it was just like the longest day of just waiting to play. And we're like this, you know, just kind of bummed out all day. And finally, it's like, you know, 830 or whatever it was we were going to play. And we start getting ready to play. And the stage that we were on was in, they used to do a thing where those side stages they would put in, in, if if there was an amphitheater, because they would sometimes do these shows like in an amphitheater parking lot. Mm -hmm. And they would put the second stages in the amphitheater and they would like split the stage in half. So like two, two bands, you know, as soon as one band was done, then the other side, right, the next band right. would start. So I realize I'm giving probably way too much detail. Here. No, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we are kind of like getting ready to play. And also on the main stage, uh, about to wrap up fallout boy was playing and we were friends with those guys from way before anybody knew who they were. And, to their credit i believe like when they were well first of all like we had a good following in chicago so like as it's getting closer to us playing that amphitheater is like kind of getting full and uh-huh. we're like, what what's happening here and then apparently when fallout boy was like playing their last song pete wentz was like everybody go to the blah 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 stage and watch motion city soundtrack oh, that's so nice and that's kind of what happened. And like, by the time we started, like the entire amphitheater was like full, which was already cool and weird. But then, you know, and it was just like, Oh, they're, you know, just here. Cause we're the last band is kind of what we thought. And then we start playing and they're like singing along to all the songs. Oh my and God. It was like at that point, the, and still probably like one of the like loudest, biggest reactions we'd ever had. And it was just like, it was just this like beyond next level thing, especially at, at that point. I say especially at that point, but honestly, even still probably. Um, and like, it was crazy. And there, it was like one of those things where like something felt like there was like something in the air that night because mm-hmm. behind us was like all of Warp Tour on stage watching us. Like there were enough people standing behind us watching us that like that would have made us happy right like it was yeah there was just like something in the air that night it's kind of magical yeah i like i started i started to cry at one point but i didn't (laughs) (laughs) because that was just like i'd never experienced anything like that uh so that's definitely like still that's still my favorite show i think we ever played wow Um, and it started out so shitty yeah I know now, it seemed like it was going to be so bad. What is you might have already said it, but what's the reasoning for not knowing the order till the day of? 
I don't know for sure, but I I always kind of took it as like it was a way to kind of since it was like an ongoing thing for like two months, like oh. a way to just kind of like mix it up for the bands and make it fairer or something. Yeah, that makes know. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was it was weird. Um, and then yeah, the as far as like bad shows, the story is much shorter. Is in like 2010 or something, we played a show in dallas i forget the venue i'm pretty sure it was dallas and then we had some friends hanging out before the show and i had some drinks and then by the time we started i i uh had more drinks than i realized mm. and that set that we did that night literally started with drums and i and when i say with started with drums i mean I was the only person on stage <laughs> and I thought I was fine. And then I went to play and uh, the beat I was trying to play in was, was not happening the way it was supposed to. And uh, that was a real moment of panic. Yeah. <laughs> Did everyone notice or just you? Oh yeah. Uh, well, I don't, I can't speak for the crowd, but uh, I know definitely the rest of the band did. Um, thankfully, I think after like a song, I kind of like sobered up pretty quickly. <laughs> oh God! But, um, yeah, I felt real shitty because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'll have drinks and I'll, I'll drink on stage, but I, you know, I will have like one or two before the show. Uh, but that's usually about it. But this night, I think I, I pushed a little too far, and uh, yeah, definitely felt real shitty about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wonder if the, but it sounds like the crowd didn't notice. So. I know. Uh, I'm sure at least some people did. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Adam Hopkins wants to know, what is your favorite song to play live? Uh, this is, uh, we have a song from our first record called My Favorite Accident that uh, I should be sick of playing it because I think we have literally played it at every show I've ever played with the band. Uh, but there's something about it that's just, it's fun to play. There's a lot of energy to it. The crowd always gets super excited for it. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't ever get playing that one, get sick of playing that one. And on this tour, we've been playing it like it's the second to last song of the night. And, uh, which I think is like a great spot for it because like, I know that we're almost done at mm -hmm. that point And I feel like I can kind of like dig in a little more and just like, kind of just like really put all my energy into it kind of and it's uh yeah it's really fun um ashley fippard said says so glad you're having tony on a monday show so as a pastry chef i always like to ask people what is your favorite dessert treat and if you want i can make some fun treats for a snack chat yes uh how did i miss that we have a pastry chef listener although now i feel like maybe we have talked about this but anyway, yeah, Tony, she would like to know, what is your favorite dessert treat? And well, this sounds like a snack chat drop. Snack chats. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, she didn't specify pastry. I'll, I'll go there. But if I'm being real, ice cream is going to probably be the top of the list. But if we're talking pastry, I mean... It's kind of hard to find one I'm not going to be that into. I definitely prefer... I'm not anti-fruity pastries, but I definitely tend more toward a, like chocolate or something. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I love a cake. 
I love a uh I love a cookie. I love yeah. I don't know my my mom brought some homemade chocolate chip cookies to the show last so night. Nice. Uh and uh yeah, I think usually on my birthday if if someone uh gets a cake, it's usually a Trace Leches cake. That's oh, kind of my favorite. Oh, it's a solid cake. cake. Yeah. You know, Tony, you've missed a couple important yes please or oh pleases. For anyone who only listens to the Monday shows, this is a segment where we speak our mind. We're looking for hot takes. People get canceled on this. We're not looking for diplomacy. And we talk about the topics that are affecting America. And yes. we talked about peanut butter cookies. And we also talked about white chocolate. Where are you? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Or oh, please on peanut butter cookies and white chocolate. These are yes, separate shows. To, yes, please to both. Okay. I, uh, I Neither one is necessarily my go-to. But uh, I'm not going to kick him out of bed. I was surprised. Uh, white chocolate, which I like a lot, mm-hmm. got a pretty rousing yes, please. I feel like generally so many people come down on white chocolate, but maybe it's having a moment. Uh, now, you, now back to ice cream. What mm-hmm. what flavors are you into? Uh, I probably, My go-to is usually like a cookie dough. Mm. So there you go. Kind of putting some pastry in there. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I uh, I really uh, I, I I love ice cream. Normally, go cookie dough, but and then not to get all like uh, sad boy sounding, but uh, you know, the last couple uh, like two and a half years, like once my divorce started, uh, back then, like way too much ice cream was being had every night, and. Uh, and that continued well into the pandemic and beyond. Um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of uh, late night Ben and Jerry's pints being consumed. Uh, usually the tonight dough. Is that uh, that's a cookie dough situation? It's a cookie dough thing. It's the t- Jimmy Fallon themed cookie dough ice cream. I forget what all is in it. But uh, yeah, the other one, they, they have one called Americone Dream that's a Stephen Colbert ice cream. Yeah. Apparently, I only like their uh, late night talk show themed <laughs> ice creams. Right. Because <laughs> those literally are my two favorite. And there used to be a different Jimmy Fallon one when he was, before he was Tonight Show, when he was late night. And I think I liked that one even more. I can't remember what all was in it, but there was um, fudge covered potato chips. In I it. remember that. It's interesting it that you delicious. like their late night TV show flavors. Yeah, it's unintentional or maybe sub- subliminally it's not or something. I don't know. But yeah. Where do you Big come fan. down on a banana split? Oh, wait, you hate bananas. What am I doing? Get the fuck out of here. It's like I'm trolling you. Yeah. I, I really wasn't, at least not not consciously. I'm cutting that out of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I look, I don't want to disgust you with this story, but we were mm. at my parents and... Elliot was sad because the restaurant we were ordering from didn't have the dessert he wanted and blah, blah, blah. My mom had a lot of bananas. You would have been appalled. Um, And I said to him, we could make a banana split. Or maybe my mom said this. And he was excited by that because he'd never had one. And so then when it came time to make the banana split, my mom said she'd make it for him. And then what she handed him was a bowl with ice cream in it with cut up bananas on it. And I was like, oh, boy. That is not what I thought he was going to get. And I wonder how this is going to go over. And he, of course, was like, this, in his quiet little voice, was like, Mommy, this wasn't what I thought I was going to get. And I'm, and I'm like, I know. It also wasn't what I thought you were going to get. Um, 
And I, I guess it just turned out that my mom didn't have like a, you know, long enough dish or whatever. But I know you hate bananas, but would you also have been disappointed? Well, yeah, because there's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, again, if you like bananas, I'm not going to stop you from eating bananas. Yeah. But just keep them away from me. I, I get it. All right. Let's see. I think we have one last question. John Ketterling says, what is Tony's favorite bizarre album of all time? What music does he listen to when he's doing household chores, making dinner, etc.? cetera? Uh, I will go. I'll answer the second one first. Um, lately, for the last couple of years, uh, I've been on a big, like kind of like late 70s, early 80s, new wave kick, kind of. Um like I love like Joe Jackson and Squeeze and bands like that, um, which are bands I kind of liked for a while. But for some reason, in the last couple of years, I just like really grew to love them. I've really been bad with keeping up with new music and then music that is new to me. Uh, just like tends to I just tend to keep going backwards and it's like it's new to me and I, and I love it. So that's kind of been my big thing for a while now is that kind of stuff. Um, and then the Bizarre Albums thing. I think my favorite one that I discovered, uh, well, not that I discovered, but for myself, uh, I had no idea that this record existed and I just stumbled into it at a record store. Uh, it's a record called Jan and Dean meet Batman. <laughs> uh, and like, are you familiar? You know, Jan and Dean, yeah. like sixties singing, uh, duo and they were like, friends with the beach boys and very beach boys sounding songs and they even like they would write for the beach boys and brian wilson would write for them and stuff so like that's what they sound like is the beach boys basically and in 1966 they made this record called jan and dean meet batman it was right when the batman tv show was getting popular and it's this really crazy thing where the it was like there's like six songs maybe on the record but then in between the songs are like skits that uh it's just you know like a comic book basically right. being played out but what's insane about it so it's, so it's like basically sounds like the beach boys singing about batman and robin and all this stuff and the songs are, are good they're fun songs and then for these skits that happen there was a weird thing where they recorded the record and then after they did it, they found out DC Comics told them that they could use these Batman characters for the songs, but not for the sketches. Oh. Which makes no sense. I don't understand why. So they had to then re-record the sketches with like just made-up characters so on this record called Jan and Dean Meet Batman, they sing about Batman and stuff. And then when it goes into the stuff in between the songs, it's just these completely other characters and it makes no sense. Um, and it's just really weird. And the fact that they just are still like, all right, well, we're just going to put this out still. <laughs> but again, the songs are fun. And um, yeah, it's just everything about it is just so strange and, and fun. Like I, I find that one especially fascinating. Um, I lied. There's two more questions. Okay. Okay. Karen Quinn would like to know, what does he miss most while being away from home? Do we really even need to ask? Your beefy son. That's right. Bentley. How's he doing? He's doing good. He, uh, 
I was so worried about how it was all going to go. And he's been staying with a friend and he's been doing great. Um, yeah, she said he's just like, he's getting, he just tries to get her dog to play with him. And she does sometimes. He's finally worn her down because she wasn't into playing. And he's finally worn her down. She's playing a little bit with him now. And, uh, and you know, he's just like a, like, sweet little dope. He just, like, wants to hang around and cuddle up to people. And, Aww. um, yeah, he's just uh and she'll she'll take him to my place sometimes and I guess like when she takes him over there he gets really excited to be there and he'll just like run around and go crazy in the backyard and stuff. Um my favorite was we played a show in Philly the other night and we did a it was live streamed also. And she told me that they were going to watch the live stream. And Oh was, yeah, you posted that. <laughs> yeah. And uh so she posted a picture later of him actually sitting and watching it, which he does like watching TV. So I wasn't totally surprised. Um, but also uh, we have a song where I sing uh, the background lyrics uh, for part of the song during the bridge. And uh, it has the name Betty in that part. But uh, knowing he was watching, I changed it to Bentley. <laughs> Do you think he heard? <laughs> I like to imagine so. I know deep down he didn't, but I like to imagine he did. That's so cute. Okay. <laughs> Would you like your next question to be about what your favorite city to visit on tour is or about the band's stage gear? Uh, probably city because probably the gear stuff I'm probably not even going to know because I just, I don't, even drums, I don't even, I barely care. Like, Do you have a yeah. drum tech on tour with you? I do, yes. Okay. Is that one of the people on the bus? Mm-hmm. I mean, on the bus. <laughs> Get out of here, Rosen! On the tour van. What? <laughs> yeah, Jesus what? Christ! <laughs> Wait, no, you are on a bus. Yeah, Get, Get back in here, Rosen! <laughs> no, but you you said bus, and, and then, then I said, said van. corrected it to you corrected it in quotes to tour van, <laughs> and then yelled at yourself, and then yeah. All right. <laughs> Because when I, I said bus and I was thinking of like a VW bus or a school bus mm. and that in my head was obviously you're not in that. And yeah. then I said tour van. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Karen so, Quinn oh. also wants to know what has been his favorite city to visit while on tour. Uh, well, kind of alluded to earlier in, uh, I always love coming to Chicago and playing Chicago. I, it's always no offense to other cities. We have a lot of uh, great fans in certain cities, uh, but there's something, there's just something about Chicago that uh, the crowds are just always so much fun there. And, um, and I also just like Chicago even besides that. Um, so that's been my favorite. I'm in a way kind of bummed that that was the first show of the tour mm -hmm. because it's like such a city to look forward to playing. And we started there. So, um, but it was great. But also there's like tons, like we, our crowds in Detroit are always great. Our show that we played in New Jersey the other night, there's this, this club, the Starland Ballroom in Sayreville, New Jersey, which apparently is right by where Chris Gethard lives that he talked oh, about yeah. before. And if, once again, I was going to try and invite him to the show, and I think he's in L.A. right now. <laughs> um, but uh, that play, there, that's another one of those places where it's like, and there's just like something special about this place because every time we play there, 
it is insanely loud people singing along like it's almost like jarring how loud it Mm. is uh of just the people singing along to the songs and it's just it's always fun like we anytime we go there we're like okay tonight's gonna be nuts and it's gonna rule that's Um, awesome yeah yeah so that's that's another one that uh are already uh already great but you know still plenty of uh, fun ones to look forward to well, Tony, thank you for we didn't tell them how I basically coerced you into doing this show. Yeah, my day off. I twisted your arm. <laughs> I begged you. I pleaded. You tried to weasel out of it. I and did. I said, I'll admit it. I tried to weasel out. I said, not on my watch, Buster. No, because I was I was I no exaggerate. Like, I've been surprised myself at how well I've held up so far, like physically like normally i feel like i've been hit by several buses after a couple of shows tour and like yes and i'm not i'm like feeling okay physically but just like today i'm like it's still like i'm not necessarily like like crazy sore or anything but i'm just like i'm just tired today i, and get I just it. haven't been sleeping well and i especially didn't sleep well last night and uh and then yeah i know i said i would do the show today and then as it was getting closer i was like man i just i'm i'm like practically asleep at 5 p.m and it was like really seeming like a whole thing to like even just get out of the hotel bed that i was laying in for a little while (laughs) so but i i rallied i know i know well i hope you i hope the two paragraphs i sent you followed by (laughs) what <laughs> but uh, but not doing it is also an option. I hope you <laughs> knew that you actually could say that it would not be an option. I know, but you but the, you knew deep down that I can't handle some guilt. You know, I'm just I wasn't trying to guilt you. It. No, I'm not even saying you were. I'm just saying then I would have felt guilty yeah. if I actually had not done it. And yeah, I mean, it was just like there are there are. It was just one of those things where. There are some days where, or some situations where it would have been like, absolutely no problem at all. And then there's some days where it's like, oh, that, oh shit, I don't know what I'll do. I could figure it out, but I, that would, I, it is a pickle. And it was more of a pickle today. Hence, I was trying to be like, is there any way we can make it happen? But then it did. And thank you. I appreciate well, it so know, much. You know, it just, it don't, it had to happen because, you know, somebody had to reschedule the recording that they were going to do yesterday. And it wasn't the guest, it was the host. <laughs> yeah, because I could do, because... <sighs> I, 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 I had to. You set yourself up I know. for that. Come on. It's, it's so longer. You know what? If Go to Patreon, where you can hear Patreon. that whole story. In fact, if you want just an inkling of that, Leanne Ward said, how fun that Tony is displacing one of the wrestlers that you've planned to have on the show while he was gone to get back at him for leaving you to go on tour with his <laughs> dumb rock band. <laughs> so you can find out what we're talking about at patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. So anyway, yes, Tony fought tooth and nail to rally to get out of the bed I'm staring at to come sit at this desk. Uh, actually and actually the other bed. There's two beds. Oh, you were in the other one. Okay, I'm, that's I'm even just... further. I need to be honest, it's the other bed. It's even further. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Uh, listen, if you like what no, you're I'm hearing... Glad, I'm glad it happened. I'm, I appreciate it so much. If you like what you're hearing, and even if you don't, please make sure you're following, 
Leave us a nice comment. Click five stars. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. I already mentioned Patreon. Um, Patreon. And uh, Upworthy Weekly every Saturday. Childish every other Wednesday. Follow me on at Allison. Follow at, follow Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Did I just say that? I did, didn't I? Follow, I don't know. It doesn't follow matter. Follow me on the tour van. Follow Tony on the tour van. Tony, where can they find you? Uh, the usual at Tony Thaxon, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Bizarre albums every Tuesday, although they're kind of, kind of, kind of, sort of reruns right now while I'm on tour with some additional content. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Motion City tour still going on for about another month right now. We're about to hit the Midwest and uh, the South and the West Coast and all that stuff. So, if you're in those areas, we'll be there soon-ish. Wonderful. And if you have listened to this and thought to yourself, what do these fantastic people look like? YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go to see all that. Tony, I really appreciate you rallying from the other bed and walking <laughs> those extra couple feet to the desk. I appreciate it. And I miss you. So it's nice to see your face. Miss you too. It's good to good to. I'm glad. I'm glad I made myself rally. Me so, too. Have a good rest of your tour in the van, the tour van. <laughs> <laughs> tell the guys I say hi. I don't know them, but I want to. And tell oh, your... the real. I I meant to. I meant to real quick. I know you're wrapping it up, but I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna put it out there, and so the listeners will pressure you also. We, how do we get Allison at the LA show? When is it? Mm, July 8th or something like that. I don't know. It's a Friday. <laughs> Maybe. It's a, I may not have that right, but it's, it's somewhere in that like three or four day window there. Something like that. Yeah. Well, I was just, I, I was just looking at a calendar earlier today. So I do know <laughs> that that is a Friday. Where is it? What venue? The Belasco, which is downtown. Is that indoors? Yes, it is indoors. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I like it from an air conditioning standpoint. I don't like it from a COVID standpoint. I understand. But, they, you know, there's masks and you know, there's also yeah. a balcony. And, all, you know, just That's I, just, like I just wanted to get the, you know, listeners to bug you to. Yeah. yeah. I mean. That's the day <laughs> that I am supposed to be doing, supposed to be having Colt Cabana on the show. Uh, well, like I said, I may even I may have the date wrong. It's somewhere around there. I just wanted to watch you squirm as I put you on the spot, really, is all this was. Who who are the other bands? Give me, uh, a, re- give me a reason to come, Tony. I have, what more do you need? You got the facts, I'm man. Joking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, look, it's a, it's a hard maybe. <laughs> oh, I figured. A hard maybe, in quotes. It's a maybe. A.K.A. No. It's a maybe. I'm giving you a, Do I get to watch from somewhere special or do I just have to be like one of the regular people? There could definitely be something special. There's there's definitely a, a guest area. It's a little weird because of COVID times, but uh, there might you know what uh, I'll find out about that because that venue does have these kind of like balcony things on each side of the stage that I don't know if they're still going to be open for this. But I think by the way, that is the most obnoxious question i could have possibly asked i can't believe that just came out of my mouth and now that's out there and here's the problem that is like saying to someone who invited you to fly somewhere like do i have to like is there a way i could fly private and they're like there's a chance you could come on the jet and now i have to go what have i done to myself 
He blew it. See, this is all part of my plan. Get because you to squirm and eventually <laughs> realize you have to go. I like, yeah, because that was the most obnoxious thing I just asked. And now it's like, if there is this opportunity, I have no excuse not to go because <laughs> that's truly like, that is the royal treatment. Um, I mean, I would have yeah. to see about a babysitter for that night. We'll, I mean, we'll talk. I believe, I believe it's all ages. Just oh, wait for real. <laughs> yeah, we usually play all ages. So, like in, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Yeah, we have kids at our shows sometimes. Really? Yeah. We could get them like those little um, tiny yeah. construction worker headphones. Oh yeah. Oh, our our uh, our keyboard player's uh, seven-year-old daughter was freaking out while we were playing the other night. <laughs> like in a good way or bad way? Oh no, in a great way. I wonder if they would think it's fun. They've def- they've never been to see live music. Yeah. Huh. I will bring this up to Daniel. All right. Just um, saying. All right. Wonderful. Thank you for <laughs> thank you uh, for all this pressure. Really Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> it feels good to throw it back at you. No, I appreciate it. Um. <laughs> all right. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Alice and Rosen show? 